What's going on, everybody? I'm Peter. And I'm Chris. This is the Holmes Real Estate Podcast. We're going in-depth into today's real estate issues. We are glad to have James Lutz from Capital Mortgage Funding back on with us. Thanks for being with us. Happy to be here. And we're talking about a very specific loan product today, and that would be the FHA loan. Well, we did talk a lot about first-time homebuyers, so this is one of the very, very common ones that our first-time homebuyers use. So yep. This is your everyday standard loan, the easiest one to qualify for, typically, when you know, you're looking at it from an everyday person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, FHA, again, you can get in and get your approval with a little bit of a lower credit score. Uh, technically, FHA's rule is 580. If you have a 580 or higher, wow. you, you, know, you could get approved as long as everything else is okay, too. Um, but a lot of lenders that you'll go to, you'll notice that they have overlays, which are, even though FHA says 580, if you want to get, go through us, you need a 600 or a 620 or whatever they... Which, and what would you say that most most common uh, overlay is? 620? Yeah, I would say 6620 okay. right there. Nice. And real quick, for those of us who don't know, what is what is an FHA loan? How does it differ from a conventional loan? What is what is FHA? What is you know? Federal Housing government? Administration is backed by the federal government. Um, so again, we're playing by all their rules. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right. Chris laughed. <laughs> it can get like, laughable at times, no. but rules it, anyway. it is a fantastic loan. Right, it is great. You and know, that's what I started with. My first loan was FHA. Right, and this would differ from a conventional loan, and we're going to go in a lot of ways that it differs. Uh, but this is not just banks lending money. This money is government backed. So that would be the biggest difference. Uh, in, in the structure of the loan versus yeah, the conventional. And that ties into when people ask why it's so hard to get a loan. It's because we don't make the rules the government does right. and they don't want to make it easy on anybody. And so there's less flexibility there too, yeah. right? Uh, so let's talk about, so we talked a little bit about credit, you know, that you, you realistically probably need to have, you know, 6, 620, but in some cases maybe less than that. What about a down payment? You know, conventional normally is 5%. What are we looking at for FHA? FHA, you're looking at 3% or 3.5% down payment. Um, and they're a little more lenient with how who can cover what. As long as you can cover at least three and a half percent, which is your down payment, which you mm-hmm. can cover it with a gift, the rest can be covered by the seller's concessions, which we'll get into that in a minute. Um, lender credits. There's a lot of options for FHA okay. buyers. And what a lender? Give us an example, real quick, of a lender credit. For example, without using specific numbers, because again, it depends on everybody's right. scenario and what they're actually trying to buy. Is let's say your rate, for example, is let's just use four. Um, but you're a grand short on your closing costs and you can't come up with it anywhere else, you can ask your lender to give you basically a higher rate and cover that cost. For okay. You. So that's so that would be the lender covering an upfront cost in exchange essentially for yeah. a little bit higher interest rate. Yeah. Um, so from Chris and I's side here, uh, the FHA, is, it's great. It can cause a little bit of a problem on the real estate side of things because it can be perceived as a slightly weaker offer than a conventional or cash right. offer. Yeah. Um, so those are things that you might need to consider when you're offering on your property um, that the seller may look at this a little bit differently than they would look at a conventional or cash. And so you may need to make up for that in purchase price or in other terms. Uh, so that's just something just to keep in mind. And of course, we can go over that with you individually. Uh, the other thing, what kind of properties are, are, can you use an FHA it's going to be for? for your primary residence, and for an FHA loan, you can only carry one at a time. Okay. Whereas conventional, okay. you can have four or more finance properties out there. FHA, you can only have one at a time. So, so if, if you this sell is sell it, you can go get another one. Right, but you can't have two. So, so is the, this really isn't a product for somebody that comes up to you and says, you know, I don't have that good of a prequal. I want to get a fixer upper. 
right? Exactly. No, that one you're going to be wanting to buy conventional, if not just cash. Right. And uh, same thing with if you want, you know, a uh, a rental property oh, or you know anything like that. What yeah. about you know condos? I know that we there's some confusion with FHA and condos. Yep. The big confusion there, which it's just making sure that that condo complex will accept FHA financing. Which again, talk to your lender and your agent prior to getting going to see it. We can tell you right away either yes or no. Right. They will take it or they won't. And what are some of those things that are on the that make it an FHA a condo FHA approved or not FHA? Really, what we're looking at is the condo questionnaire, which goes over everything from the budget, the current budget that the condo complex has. Uh, and we're also looking at the saturation of who are the owners in that complex. Are they, what is the ratio of primary residents to investment homes in that complex? Right. And that's how we kind of well, decide. We've, we've been it running into a few of them where we think they might qualify, you know, by the questionnaire, but they don't fill out their appropriate FHA yes. paperwork to Correct. be FHA. Yep. Exactly. And it's, it's, a lot of condos either don't want to go through the hassle because it's not easy to get yourself re-approved through FHA. Um, everyone has their reasons. You know? So the other question here is, and I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball with this. Here in Michigan, we have the dreaded site condo. Oh, man. Uh, where, for those of you who are not aware, it would look and feel exactly like a regular neighborhood, but the way that the land plats are done, it's done as a condo instead of a single family residence. So how does that work with FHA and site comes are a little bit better because usually we don't have to follow the exact condo guidelines on those. Okay. But they have, it has to be a true site condo. Um, it just opens the door <laughs> to a lot more availability. Again, you're not going to have to get the FHA approval a lot of times with a site condo because it, it's almost like in our world, it's almost like a mix of buying a house and a condo at the same time where we follow kind of a mix of the guidelines and it does make it a lot easier. For okay. but it makes it, makes it, makes it yeah. easier for us to close on. The VA so, is still no, caught up. VA is not caught up on that That's one. That's right. a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I'm um, glad to see FHA caught up on that that's one. That's good. So the... Um, once we've gotten an offer in on an, on an FHA offer, you've done this 3.5% down, you know, we're looking at. Uh, the other thing, too, I wanted to go into just with this down payment is now there are some conventional products that are 3%. Yep. Is there is there any uh, overlap as someone might not qualify for that 3% that would, you know, st- that FHA still would be a better uh product for because I know most of the time we yes. say hey FHA is great because of the that, down payment. A lot of that is going to be when we do comparison of what should I go FHA 3.5% down versus conventional 3% down. A lot of it's going to be credit score driven. Maybe you just don't qualify at all for the, okay. because your credit isn't good enough to get that 3% and that we've eliminated that there. Let's say you get approved for both but you have a little bit of a lower credit score but you still got your conventional 3% down approval. The, what I'm going to be looking at is your PMI. Okay. In my mind, because that's that's a big thing. If you have very low credit, but you still get the approval conventionally, your PMI that you pay every month, it goes based off of how much you borrow and your credit score. So your PMI for FHA could be a better deal than the PMI you're going to pay so for So even though a conventional is going to be even maybe a less down payment, it still might be a better option your for you to call FHA. Your monthly payment could be... A, a significant amount less and then that's what we're going to talk about what are your plans with the house are you only going to be here for a couple of years or are you going to ride this thing out and try to live here for a long time because if that's the case you may want to get in on a conventional even though it's a little bit of a higher payment up front because you're going to be there for a long time avoid a full-blown refinance down the line because of your goal is to get rid of pmi Right. What within conventional? Can't you get rid of it a lot easier than FHA? Correct. FHA, you can never get rid of it unless you refinance out of it into a conventional and prove you have 20% equity. Okay. If you're already in a conventional, just there's two ways: is either a 
make your payments and get that 20% equity through making the payments, or if you get appreciation and you feel like your house value went up as you were making payments to help you get to 20% quicker, they might ask for an appraisal to help prove that. But again, you're not going through a full-blown refinance right. transaction to and get rid of it. For those of you who don't know, PMI's personal mortgage insurance, it's going to add, what, anywhere between 60 and 100 bucks on average to your monthly payment. It's, it's a for, nice chunk of change. For example, FHAs right now, if you only put 3.5% down, it's 0.85%. So if you take your you know, loan amount times 0.85% divided by 12 months, you know, so I mean, that's a good amount. Of, it's a good chunk of change. That's yeah, what oh, you're yeah. saying. Yes. So that's something to certainly look at if you're choosing between FHA and, and conventional. So one of the other differences here now is the FHA appraisal. Once we've gotten through, we've done our inspection, we've got an accepted offer on a property. Um, we've got an FHA appraisal and it is different than a conventional appraisal. A conventional appraisal, as you know, especially if you've listened to our appraisal podcast, is making sure that the bank can protect their investment on the house, making sure that your value that you've uh, stated in your purchase agreement is up to snuff on what the value of the property should be. Yep. But how does an FHA appraisal differ? FHA is going to look at everything the conventional does, but then they're also going to add in basically what I consider safety hazards. Uh, is there trip hazards in the concrete on the property? Are the porch steps within so many inches of, you know, each step is only so many inches tall? Are there handrails on all uh, downstairs or upstairs, uh, chipping paint, chipping paint, oh, peeling paint, peeling paint. That's a huge one. Even it's, on an exterior garage, it doesn't on have an to exterior be in the house. garage back window that nobody's ever going to see if there's peeling paint. Usually, yeah, it's minor, but it's the easiest thing. I mean, I, I if that's the only condition, I'm actually happy with that. Go out there, so, scrape it, throw a slap of paint on there, so, and so what do we do if we? So the other thing here too is if. The, and this is more of an associated cost for, for the buyers and sellers, is if what if we, we have some of these things that they say, well, this is an issue, this is an issue, and this is an issue. Yeah. What happens? Part of your appraisal, and this again does happen on FHAs where the appraiser goes out and not only gives you value, but condition of the property. We always want to see at value and as is, meaning they don't ask for any repairs, but when they do ask for repairs, it is typically peeling paint. Um, peeling paint is about nine out of 10 times, really. Um, and, and then can this be handled with uh, you know, a lot of times on our inspections, we handle it with uh, seller's cash or closing purchase price reduction. How yeah. does that differ? From, from a lending standpoint on minor issues, we don't care who fixes it. Right. But it just needs to be addressed prior to closing. So, yeah, and this is that's and that's a difference with conventional. We can say, well, we'll give you a hundred bucks. You yeah. Know, and, not, and you or can fix it yourself later. Conventional, they may not even call it out at all. Right. They, yep. Just, but on the conventionals, haven't you seen that they are coming? I've seen a couple steps <laughs> yeah. and peeling paint and just the, some of the minor nonsense that we're seeing in FHA. Yeah. But I'm seeing that in conventional now too. It's kind of weird. So, I but the, many, but I've seen a couple. I mean, hopefully it doesn't get as bad. But. The, the one thing that we want to look at this is is not only can you have associated costs with making these repairs, but you also then have a reinspection cost, correct? One hundred fifty dollars typically. Just so that can go back out and verify that the work got done properly right. and correctly because again the bank has to know that it got done right and that's that's just again one of the things that we look at and we say okay when we're when we're looking at the overall package it probably 150 dollars isn't going to make you move one way or the other right but it is something that a seller might look at and say okay this is my risk associated with fha um that might not be associated with a conventional loan um so what are you seeing as far as your who is is going FHA versus a conventional? What is the what would you say is kind of the, the most popular demographic for this, it, for this it loan is your right younger now? Crowd. It is typically your 
either first time home buyers, a young crowd, or because they are forced to because of those time limits that you've talked about in your other podcast where that's their only option because they foreclosed three, four years ago. FHA is the only loan that they are approved for. And and who would be a a good one, like like a a good buyer that maybe should stay away from an FHA loan if they're they're considering who should really push for conventional, even if maybe they've got a little bit higher payment, who should that client be? That is a, that, that's a good question, and that's where it takes a little bit of investigating and digging into that person and what drives them, what their goals are. But, I mean, in, in the easiest sense of it, if you qualify for conventional and you are comfortable putting a little bit more money down maybe or whatever the case may be, uh, I, don't, I really don't ever see a reason to not go conventional. Okay. But, again, that's why we get to know these people as individuals because everyone's got a different story, different background, different goal. It might just turn out that you know an FHA does fit their you know, scenario better, but right. typically conventional is the way to go. Yeah. So just to summarize here, if you you know if you have credit issues, this might be a great loan product for you. Uh, these are just some of the, the the things we can differentiate between the two loans. There's a lot of different loan products out there. I know this can be a very very confusing uh, topic with all the loan products out there, with all the loan companies, and everyone's offering this this and this. I think the biggest key that we uh, take out of, I think it's every podcast we sit here and talk about, um, because these issues are so complex, talk to a local lender, talk to somebody like James that knows these products in and out. That's all they do every day is look at these products and look at who these products are right for and figure out what is the best product for you rather than going online or and going to I can to usually tell too after talking to somebody on the phone for a little bit whether they even know the right questions to ask. Right? They may not know what questions they need to ask me. But I can just tell, I, I know that you need to know this information, even though that you didn't ask me for it, because it's going to come up and it's going to have an effect on how things play out and how you feel about it. So best thing is just disclose everything and give all the information up front, worst case, best case, don't make promises you can't keep type of thing. And everyone's different. So every scenario is usually a little bit different. Right. And like we say, if you're thinking about making this journey into buying, if you're, especially if you're renting right now, rental rates in Metro Detroit are unbelievably high. Almost every renter right now who's renting a single family residence would probably be uh, in a lower payment. In a are you, oh, you're, you're, almost double. you're paying almost, uh, almost it's, double. It's times. insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So if you're in that situation right now, you're renting, or you think about moving out for the first time, you're getting married, you're getting divorced, whatever's going on that's making you look for a new house, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Just even if it's your year out, we'd love to answer your questions. James's phone number will be right on the description of the podcast, or you can call or text him at any time. I know that from personal experience. Same thing with Chris and I. You can call or text us at pretty much any time, seven days a week, and we'll try and get back to you as soon as we can. You guys, thank you, James, for being with us. We appreciate it. Here. And uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care.